Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. Ladies, I have with me today Maribel Ortega, and I really, really would love Maribel to share with us her story because Maribel's own personal story and how she's got into executive coaching in the space of confidence is really, really interesting. Those two things are absolutely interconnected. And I would absolutely love, Maribel, if you could share us a little bit of your journey, your own personal journey. Thank you. Thanks so so much, Rebecca, for for having me here. Um, I think it starts with how I was educated. I was, as a teenager, a very shy girl and very eager to to please, especially my mother, uh, and to to try to fulfill her expectations. And, And this is what I got rewarded for whenever I was a good girl, whenever I got great A's and, and B's, um, at least those are good, very good grades. And, you know, just being the perfect student, the nerd, the one who didn't go out much, that, that strengthened that behavior. And then I decided with 23 to get married. That's another story, but I don't recommend that. I did that 20 years ago. And the person who I married was a continuum of that kind of authoritative person that wanted who I was then. I mean, that's what I had to offer. This shy, obedient, good girl, people pleaser. Whenever I felt that I was not being that way and and I got pushback from, from him or other people that put me in a very uncomfortable emotional situation that I la- later learned fear of being left, fear of, of not being liked, and then created in me like a huge um, feeling of guilt for not being what people wanted me uh, to be. The thing is that after many years of doing that, of pleasing everybody else and putting my needs like at the very bottom of the list, I just got drained. I just didn't know myself anymore. And I was very, very unhappy. And one day I was thinking, um, I I have a 20-year-old daughter. That means I got my daughter when I was 25. And a couple of years later, when she was uh, maybe four years, I was thinking to myself, I remember being at at university. I'm a late student. Being in in the library at university and thinking, "Can, can I continue living this way? Can I, in 15 years, tell my daughter... When she's 20, this is okay. 
And I remember I just broke down and started crying and feeling, oh my God, this is huge. I don't know what are the next steps. I have no idea what it is that I need to do. Mm. I just knew in that moment that how I was living and how I was behaving was not good for me. In any relationship that we have, we can push back and say, no, this is not how I want to be treated or we can accept it. So it's also your responsibility. So back then it was my responsibility to recognize that I had also had some part in creating the relationship and the life that I had. It was not only his fault. Mm. I think that was an important piece. And for me, just becoming the role model that that I uh, becoming the person that I wanted my daughter to to see this is okay to to be like this I think that was my major uh, motivation obviously it has other very positive repercussions for me and after lots of uh, dealing with fear and how am I going to do this and I'm afraid and what are people going to say I um I left my husband and and we got separated on the day that I left it was the end of October so it was quite chilly and I took my daughter with me we moved to live um with a friend because I didn't have an apartment I didn't have a job I had 700 euros in my bank account and I had really no idea how I was gonna pull this off I just knew it was my instinct telling me you've got to get out of here and try something else. So I decided to follow that inner wisdom, let's just call it that that inner voice telling me that I needed to change something. So I remember taking her little hand and we're going out of the house and I just feel and 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 then we're, we're walking to the bus station and I feel this wind on my skin. It's cold and it's dark. It's six o'clock in the afternoon, but it's like pitch dark, like it's midnight and waiting for the bus. And after like nine years, I took this huge, deep, cleansing breath. And I just felt free. I thought, I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but this is good. This is good. So that was the first step I took into creating a life that I designed. And it was really hard. Mm. I Luckily, I didn't know all the obstacles that would come later. Um, but, but probably it's better like that. And that was basically the first big step I, stu- I took into becoming more confident, which is action creating and building your confidence is doing things. It's not talking, it's not writing, it's not thinking about it, it's doing things. I love that. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because that's a very personal story. And I think you're right. I think the doing is the fundamental piece, isn't it? The the doing Mm -hmm. and showing is proving to yourself that you can actually change that pattern, change that process. So, I mean, now in your professional life, Maribel, you you work with women, with professional women who are struggling with their confidence. And I'd just be really interested from your perspective and from your experience, 
what kind of consistent themes or reasons or uh, motivations, if you like, do you see with your clients that, you know, are affecting their confidence? What's causing that lack of confidence, do you think, in a few different examples that you could share? Sure. Um, Like with myself, most of the time, this lower self-confidence starts because of a pattern in in education in in your in that years where you build your personality in childhood and 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 your teenage years if you never got the chance to to assert yourself or if every time you said i don't like that and your parents didn't acknowledge that and said some people were you know even hit behind the head or whatever no you're gonna do what I say um and not acknowledging your opinion is important and I will take it into consideration even if if as a parent you don't think that's what you need to do but acknowledging the needs of the child then what you learn is my opinion is not valuable my emotions are not important and I just need to ignore my needs and try to please this person. And as a child, you don't have the, the psychological maturity to understand that you can say something apparently confrontational and that doesn't mean this person will cut ties with you. Yes. As a child, you need that connection with that caregiver. So that's where it usually starts. And what happens is that then during all that time, you don't practice being confrontational. You don't practice saying what you need and telling people what your opinion is. And without any practice, then when you come and women, when women come to the workplace, they are confronted with other people men who in their upbringing are constantly being um, empowered to fight back to fight between boys to to say they don't like something and it's oh well it's boys it's okay so they have all these years of practice of saying what they need of saying they don't like something of taking risks and being put down and not letting that destroy their 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 self-worth because yeah and they just try it again so what you see in the workplace is perfectionism from women finishing a report or not not taking risks and perfectionism is is just a defense mechanism that masks low confidence because what you're trying to do is it's not ready it's not perfect i'm going to do I, i'm going to refine it and when is it ever ready because of fear of being criticized of yep. not being liked so that's one thing this perfectionism and it also comes to applying for jobs men apply for jobs when they fulfill 60% of their requirements and women apply for jobs when they fulfill at least 100% of their requirements. Mm-hmm. So most of the time they tell themselves, oh, I'm not ready. I need to take another, another course or I, I have to learn this. 
And the problem with that is that without any risk taking, without having the initiative and trying things out, then you don't practice increasing your self-confidence. As we said before, self-confidence is action, is doing things. It's not about the result, whether it works or not. It's about doing things. It's about another thing that you see in the workplace is in meetings before a woman shares her opinion or or contradicts a colleague or says something, she thinks that I don't know how many times in her head before she even says something. And sometimes she doesn't even say because she's letting that inner critic and that self-doubt saying, oh, but maybe someone else is going to say it anyway. Um, or maybe this idea is not good enough. Yes. Um, so those are some examples. And or you could just completely miss the boat and you know, never, never say what you want to say. I think that's a, you know, that was so insightful, Maribel. Um, I've really found that very interesting. And I think you're right. There's that aspect of just doing without worrying about the results, which I think is a really, really interesting observation. Because I think if I kind of think about myself and myself going through my own journey and thinking about the clients that I work with also, I think that's a really interesting observation that you've made, that idea that we're kind of transfixed by, well, what if the result's not good enough? What if the result is wrong? And you kind of get sidetracked with just getting into doing something, just starting something, seeing where it will go before, you know, if you, if you don't actually start, you're never going to get to a result anyway. But I think that idea of it's a great technique, right? If you're getting stuck into the this has to be perfect, the end result has to be such and such. Um, if you're getting into that space, then a great way to break that cycle is to do your technique, which is to just say, OK, I'm just going to get started, see what happens. I'm not going to worry about the result. I'm just going to take that first step. Exactly. So if you focus on just doing it and not worrying about the result, then you will do whatever it is a lot more often. Mm. And you have to benefit from that. One is practice. The more you do something, the more you get used to it, the more you get better at it. And with practice, then you become very good. You excel yes. at whatever it is that you want to Uh, that you want to improve, whether that is to say your opinion in a meeting, to uh, to give presentations, to if if you're a business owner, to start doing cold calling. I know that's one for me. That's like, oh, I don't like it. But the only way of getting better at it is just doing it. And the second thing is just statistics. If you try it once, the chances of it working are, well, it might work or It doesn't. But mm -hmm. if you try it 20 times, the chances that you succeed are a lot bigger than if you just try it once. Yeah. Like, for example, if you're looking for a job or if you want a promotion. So those those are the two benefits of just focusing on doing it. Yeah. And I think the thing that's interesting from that conversation, what I'm learning with that is, is it's um, about what you attribute in terms of the meaning that you attribute to that thing. So if you attribute your one attempt as a failure and that's how you describe it, then that's what it is. But if you describe your um, attempt as an attempt or a first go or this new path that I'm on and I'm experiencing, then of course, by reframing that sort of failure, into something else that's more positive, that's more beneficial to you, then 
obviously it takes all that pressure off that um, first step ever being a failure. It's just a learning. It's just a process that you're going through. It's just whatever it is. But you've got to be kind of careful about how you attribute the meaning, haven't you? Yes, uh, absolutely. The first thing is take that word out of your vocabulary. <laughs> failure, just, just forget that word. And just say learning experience. I mean, if in your case, after so many years of doing this, I don't mind using the word failure and, and thinking, hmm, that didn't work. I need to try something else. Yeah. Or mm, that didn't work. I need to practice more. And I'm okay with saying failure. But what I, what I usually do with people who work with me is just start using other words. You could, you could use the word learning experience. I mean, it's just the best way of learning something is to make mistakes. If you make mistakes, then you know, oh, that's not the way it works. I need to try something else. So assigning a positive meaning to, to failing and saying failing forward, meaning I fell forward and then I, I see yeah. what am I learning from this? And it's just... And also, if you see things, something that, that was very helpful for me is seeing things as an experiment. If you go at it as if you're a scientist and, and imagine you're in your lab and you're trying an experiment, you are not hoping that it works. You're just like very curious about it and wanting to find out, okay, is this combination, does this work? So if you're curious about it and you change the attitude, it has to work to, I wonder how it goes. And you just try it out. Then you release all that pressure that you're putting yourself to, it has to work to, I'm just going to try it out and see yeah. if it works. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. So Maribel, I know that in your, um, in your processes, you like to go deep and you like to look at you know, the sort of subconscious of the individual and to kind of really help them understand what's really going on. Can you share a little bit about that process in terms of how you get people started? Sure. My pleasure. So the things that um, that are important, that are the foundation to being able to increase your self-confidence is, first of all, understanding your self-worth. And in order to do that, you need to understand what are your values? What are the core values that represent the things that are important to you? When your life is aligned and what you're doing is connected with your values, then that creates a lot of meaning in your life. The other thing that it's important to do is to understand what's your purpose in life to have like a statement of your personal mission or purpose in life it doesn't have to be your work it can be something you do in your free time that that that's up to you it could even be i don't know it could even be your children whatever it is um that's not important the important thing is that you find out what your purpose is why do you wake up every morning Then the next part is discovering what are the small T traumas in your life. We all have traumas. 
there are big traumas, like uh, big T traumas. That's uh, what uh, what they're called in psychology, usually. And that's like, for example, sexual assault or being in war or uh, psychological harassment. So really big things that happened over years that needs the best way to deal with that is therapy. And whenever I, I one of my clients has been through that, I immediately recommend them you would benefit from therapy because coaching is based on on the now and what we can do in order to improve our now and improve the future what i do work on is the small t traumas and and discovering that and what are those those are those little moments when in your past, someone with authority, could be your parents or your teacher, said, oh, that essay was very, very bad, Rebecca. It didn't, it's not what I was expecting. You know, something like that, that as, as, as a teenager or someone who's not yet an adult, you you put like that huge, I mean, it could also be in your, it, it could also be your first boss that was, that was a bully or a micromanager. And then what you need to do is to release the emotion that you kept blocked. Because usually we use either inhibitory emotions like guilt or shame or anxiety or some defense mechanism like uh, overwork or uh, perfectionism. There are lots of defense mechanisms. And what we're doing with recurring or using these mechanisms is not freeing the emotion that that needs to get out and usually it's fear or anger grief um, sadness and once that's out once you connect with that core emotion that needed to come out from that situation then you are accessing your authentic self and then you're able to connect with uh, with your values and align those things I love that that's just really, really interesting. It really aligns with me in, in, in terms of, you know, how you actually create proper transformational change because I think, you know, you can't operate at the surface level. You have to absolutely dig that bit deeper to help somebody really see themselves in their true light, you know, warts and all, um, for you to be able to, you know, create that change in yourself and in your life and in your career and in your relationships. It all has to stem from that foundational level, which I love. Maribel, thank you so much for um, spending time with us, with my listeners. And, you know, if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to connect with you? Either to go to my website, that's my name, maribelortega.com, or connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where I usually hang out. Perfect. Thank you so, so much. I've really, really enjoyed today. Thank you. It was super to have this conversation with you. Thank you very much, Rebecca. I'm also so impressed because I know Spanish is your first language and speaking English as you speak, your English is so beautifully and so fluent and you speak four other languages, three other languages on top of Spanish and English. Yes, yeah, that's that's right. Well, I've had lots of practice uh, with English. I started learning English when I was like four years old and all my work is basically in in English. Uh, but I've been living in Germany for 20 years so my and, and went to university here in Germany. So my German is pretty good. I, I just love languages. I, I 
was able to speak very good French and Italian, but without practice. Yeah, you see, practice. Practice, practice creates practice excellence. Perfect, but not perfect. <laughs> practice makes excellence. good enough. <laughs> yes, exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. What a way to end. Thank you so much, Maribel. You're welcome. Thanks for having me here. Maribel, I just love that. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We just love having other coaches come on the show as well and share their perspectives on building confidence, get, getting rid of mindset blocks, helping us develop our sense of self so that we become stronger and more sure individuals. Now, I love getting reviews on our podcast, so please do send in your reviews. Do go onto Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, write some little words there just to kind of explain to other listeners what they're going to get from this show. Um, please do make that effort to um, add your review because they absolutely are gold dust and they are so wonderful. They really help us build our listenership. Um, and if you want help in your career, obviously we are here for you. We are a coaching business based in Sydney, but we work with clients all around the world to help them raise their profiles at work, to help them raise their executive presence, build confidence, become really sure of their positioning at work. And we work exclusively with women because we just love working with women and women have really unique challenges. So if you're looking to get some support in your career to help make your career journey more exciting, more aligned with what you're looking for to help you be really proud every day of the work that you do, then get in contact with me. And the best way to do that is you can do that through LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm Rebecca Allen, career coach, or you can download one of our tools. We've got the seven habits of female execs who get promoted. If you want to get promoted faster, it's filled with strategies to help you actually take your career to the next level. And to get hold of that, all you have to do is go to rebeccasfreegift.com and it will come straight to your inbox. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you again next week. 